All right, Psalm 119. Psalm 119 this morning, and we made it through in the first service, so we're going to make it through in the second service. It was a blitzkrieg, but we did it. If you're new or visiting, we're going through the book of Psalms, and right now we're in Psalm 119, and as I mentioned last week, uh, this author loved the Word of God, and he loved the one who inspired it, God himself. And that's why I know a majority of you are here this morning because you love the Word of God and you love God as well. And so we're not here to punch the clock if you're new or visiting. We're not here to check off a box. And we're not even here for another study. You can go anywhere to have a study. But we're here is to maybe have a heart transformation moment. And so as we read over the rest of this psalm, it's very important that we give our attention to the Word of God. For He loves us, He cares for us, and He desires to meet us where we're at to meet us where we're at. And I appreciate what Sean shared because I was born and raised in a church that was based on works and most religions, billions and billions of people on the face of this earth today are in religions. And those religions teach that you must be good enough, you must do enough works, good works for God to love you. They don't teach John 3.16. No, they teach that you need to belong to our church, and if you by chance should leave our church, you will lose your salvation. We were a part of a church like that. And so you are very, very privileged, those of you who know Jesus, those of you who have the Bible on your lap right now, it's a privilege that we have this morning. And so let's make sure that as we come before God, that we lay aside those things that are maybe uh, bothering us, those sins, uh, maybe that we're even laying aside today's football games or gatherings, whatever else might be on our mind, and really, really focus for these few moments in eternity. Father, we thank you for your word. This is, this is your love letter to humanity. This is not just a novel. This is not just another book. This is not a story and a bunch of myths. This is real. And you love every person on the face of this earth. You love every unborn person right now that is being carried by a woman. Father, we thank you and praise you that according to your word, our days, you know the number of our days. And so, Father, right now, we just want to ask for forgiveness. We want to get refocused. Father, we want to lay those anxieties, those frustration, maybe the anger or resentment, whatever it might be, even the joy of this past weekend. We want to lay it at your throne so we can focus right now on what you'd have for us right now. These wonderful principles found in your word. And Father, I pray for the gift of teaching that you'll be glorified in and through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. What we're also going to see in Psalm 119, and you can get a CD from last week to get the more of the the foreground that we played, but uh, almost every verse has some reference to God's spoken word, such as law, testimonies, precepts, statutes, word, commandments. And almost every verse has a personal pronoun in it as in his, him, you, your, I. And what we're looking at here, again, if you're new or visiting, is principles. 
And so a principle, I just Googled this, you can do this, and this is what came up. A fundamental truth or a proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. But what I did find interesting is this was also on the internet, the basic principles of Christianity. And so as we do a Bible study, specifically in the Psalms here this morning, we want to look at principles. For you young people who are being bombarded on a regular basis, that the Bible is archaic, it's not applicable, it's been changed, it's outdated, it's uh, blah, 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 blah. That is not true. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And you can learn many wonderful principles, even in Psalm 119, that will directly impact your life, not just now, but for the rest of your life. And I'll share a story uh, this week that happened in my life. And it's true. It is absolutely true. So as we read this, we want to look for principles. Again, not just head knowledge. I just, I just need another Bible study. No, you don't. No, I don't. We need principles, and then through the Holy Spirit to apply those principles. So, verse 57. We'll pick it up in Psalm 119, verse 57. And again, the psalm was written through uh, 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and every letter has eight verses. And so within each little paragraph, or within the verses, uh, each verse starts out with that letter. And so, verse 57. You are my portion, O Lord. I have said I would keep your words. So principle. So first and foremost, you are my portion, O Lord. In these verses 57 through 64, I see the principle of hanging with those who seek after God's judgments. Mercy will always be there. And so as we study the word of God, depending on how you were raised, um, you might have a poor picture of God the Father. And so you and I, we need to be in the word from Genesis to Revelation so that we can debug the program and allow the Holy Spirit to give us the true understanding of who God the Father is. And as we do that, then he becomes our portion. He becomes the center of our lives. But if you have a misconstrued uh, conception of who God is, he's going to be on the outskirts. He's going to be at arm's length. He might be a half a mile away. You have to allow him to become a part of your life. If Jeremiah wrote this, which it looks like he did as we keep reading, he needed, he needed strength because everyone basically was against him. He had very few people that were for him. Very, very, I don't think he had any converts in his, throughout his ministry. So he says, you are my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep your words. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. So again, not just head. Oh, I'm here to play church. I'm here to punch the clock. I'm here to check the box off. I did my religious duty. No. Be merciful to me according to your word. I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. The cords of the wicked have bound me, but I have not forgotten your law. 
At midnight, I will rise to give you, give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. I am a companion of all who fear you, all who reverence you. This is a very important principle. And of those who keep your precepts. It's so important to make sure that we are hanging around like-minded believers on a regular basis. Not just Sunday morning, but Wednesday nights, or a home fellowship, or marriage enrichment, or young adults, or whatever it might be. Men's Bible studies, women's Bible studies. Whatever the case may be, being around like-minded believers because we live in a society that could care less about God. That could care less about the Bible. Matter of fact, as you step out and say certain things, you will fall under the wrath of man. Because you are a homophobiac. You are a bigot. You are a judgmental Christian. You need to go in the closet. We don't care about your opinion. And so this is just reality. We need one another. I am a companion of all who reverence you and of those who keep your precepts. There was a gal this past week that I read about, and I didn't print the article out, but she's going to a major university, and she's a part of a club, and she is in the administration of that club. And because she is a rock-solid Christian, the club is coming out against her and telling her she needs to step down because of her Christian beliefs. That those Christian beliefs do not belong at the university. And they had an assembly where hundreds of young adults from the club came to the assembly and basically blasted her for her Christian perspectives, her Christian values, her Christian beliefs. Two people got up, two believers got up, and stood up for her to encourage her and strengthen her. But the rest of them were antagonistic. You need to take your views. You need, you need to just get off this campus. But she said, I will not cave. I will not compromise. I'm going to stand on the word of God. How could a young lady do that? Because she's in the word of God on a regular basis. So for you young people, and even for you older saints, for all of us who think, well, when it comes time, I'll just stand up. I know I will. How do you know that? How do you really know that if you are not in the word of God? If you are, don't have companions around you that you can turn to, even one or two companions that you can say, hey, pray for me because, boy, I'm going to this meeting this weekend and it's not going to be good. Pray for me. You won't. You will not survive. You will cave. That's just reality. We need one another. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the word of God in our lives on a regular basis. Verse 65. You have dwelt well. These verses deal with the chastisement of the Lord. The Lord chastens his children for maturity purposes, not out of revenge or anger. So important. God is good. And he does only those things that are good for us. This is hard to understand at times. We might not agree with this. We would never be able to say, boy, That was a bad choice on God's part. We'll never be able to say that. 
Because he is good and everything he does is good. So the psalmist here brings this out in these verses. You have dealt, dwelt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments, or I believe your word. Principle for all of us. Do we really believe? Not just head knowledge. Do we really believe in our hearts that this is the word of God? And this word is worth defending. And if God has me at such a time as this to defend the word of God, am I willing to do that no matter what it may cost me? Even as a pastor, I have to make that decision to not be politically correct, but be biblically correct. And whatever may happen, I know God's going to be with me. So I'm just going to stay with the word of God. And that is my encouragement to you as well, that you stay with the word of God. Because he goes on to say, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Before I was afflicted. The chastisement of the Lord. That's how we mature. If we're willing to surrender to that chastisement. That's really how we grow. I mean, isn't that how our children's grow? When we come alongside and love them enough to say, no, no, you're not doing that. And then when they do it, we follow it up with some type of discipline, correction. It helps them to mature and to understand So the psalmist says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. You are good, the psalmist says. And do good. Teach me your statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me. But I keep your precepts with my whole heart. And again, no matter who comes against us, no matter what lies are spoken about us, We must continue to serve the Lord and press on in the faith by guarding our hearts. For remember what Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We can't allow bitterness over what's taken place the last few months to establish or get a foothold into our lives. Because six months from now, it's all going to start again for 2020. And who are we going to elect as a president? And we're going to have to listen to it for 12, 14, 16, 18 months. Once again, over and over and over again. And if you and I don't have the capacity to set that aside, pray about who we need to elect. Listen somewhat. (laughs) Do your own studies. But be careful you don't get caught up into it. Be ever so careful that you don't get caught up into it. Their heart is as fat as grease. But I delight in your law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. I don't think you're going to see this plaque in any kitchen. This is not sold in any Christian bookstore. You can go online and see if you can find one. I doubt you're going to find one. But notice what the psalmist says, guys. This is a principle for you and me as believers. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of lottery tickets with millions of dollars to follow. That's what that says. Then thousands of coins of gold and silver. 
you know, a couple years ago, I, I just said, I wonder what's, I wonder what a lot, you know, a person wins the lottery. I wonder what they're doing. I wonder where they're at. It was astounding. It was amazing. You want to do a study sometime? Just do a study. It was amazing. Drugs, alcohol, death from in-laws and outlaws, from relatives wanting to get the money that they had. A majority of people that win a major lottery are miserable. It's amazing. Just do a little study on it. But what do we promote? And what does our society promote? You know, if you just get enough money, you'll be happy. You know, if you just get that 56-inch screen from Walmart, it's on sale, save 200 bucks. You may have to fight somebody to get it. Can you guys believe this happened this past weekend? But if you just do that, you'll be happy. You might have a black eye, but you'll be happy. It sounds so goofy. 2,500-year-old writings. Are they applicable today? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally applicable. You see, the law of your mouth, the word, is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Guys, we just need to stay focused on Jesus. No matter what amount of money or earthly goods we may ever be able to fill or have, we will never fill that void. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you're trying to fill that void through something, drugs, alcohol, gambling, pornography, whatever it might be, you're never going to fill it. You need a personal relationship with God via Jesus Christ. And then you have the peace that surpasses understanding. The next letter in the Hebrew alphabet, verse uh, 73, Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Notice that. Creation, not evolution, young people. Those who reverence you will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in your word. Guys, it's so important to plant the word of God in your heart and to allow it to become a part of your life. So that when others are going through trials or tribulations, whatever the case may be, they'll be able to look at you and go, you know what? You are right. And what you're sharing with me is true. And I knew the truth. But I went, I left the truth. And this has happened to me this past week. We can never move away from the basics. And I am very, very basic, and most of you know that. And in dealing with this person, this individual who had moved away from the basics, I once again said, hey, weren't we, you know, didn't we talk about this like 20-some years ago? And as I talked, they said, uh, yeah, you, you told me this 20-some years ago. And why are you blaming your parents? Why are you... Why are you blaming this or pointing fingers here or doing this or doing that? You might not want me in the hospital next to you, but I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> in love. And I did it in love, but I said, there, why? What are, you, what are you blaming people for? You know what you should be doing. You're right. Why aren't you doing it? Well, because, oh, there's the butt. No, I don't want to hear any butt. Why aren't you doing it? You need a kick in the butt. And he received it. And he actually thanked me when it was all over. And when I got home, I actually got a text of thanks as well. Thank you for coming. You, but guys, they have to have that hope. Not just, oh, I'm sorry you're here. I hope you feel better. See ya. 
What good is that? No, they need to have that hope that, hey, I'm no better than you. I even said this to them. I do the four basics. Acts 2.42. Read the word. Fellowship. Be in church. Be in prayer. I do those four. I don't do them for you. I do them for me. And that's why I'm not where you're at. That's the only reason. It's the grace of God that I'm not where you're at. So don't look at me like, you know, lifting me up or any of that nonsense. That's not the point. You don't need to be here. But you have to do something. No one can do it for you. Are you willing to do that? Yes. Then let's get going. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right and that your faithfulness and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. You guys see, hear this? Let, I pray, your mercy, merciful kindness be for my comfort according to your word to your servant. Let your tender mercies come to me that I may live. For your law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood. But I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who reverence you turn to me, those who know your testimonies. Let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes, that I may not be ashamed. Seeking after the Lord. Just seeking after the Lord. Verses 81 through 88. My soul faints for your salvation, but I hope in your word. My eyes fail from searching your word, saying, when will you comfort me? You see, when we're going through trials, it seems sometimes like they're never going to be over. And how often have people even wished themselves dead to get out of the trial or tribulation? You might think, no, nobody would ever wish that. Yeah, people actually wish that. And Elijah actually wished that. After his great victory over the prophets of Baal, as he was running from Jezebel, And he finally got away from everybody. And it was, woe is me, woe is me. God, just take my life. I'm sick of ministry. I'm just sick of it. I'm all alone. You've left me all alone. And God had to take him to the woodshed. Say, Elijah, what are you doing here? I've got 7,000 men that I've set aside. What are you whining about? I am God. Okay, I get it. I'll go back. I'll follow after you. But we can get there. We can get in those places. So just know you can get there, but don't stay there. Don't stay there. For I have become like a wineskin and smoke, yet I do not forget your statutes. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? The proud have dug pits for me, which is not according to your law. All your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help me. That's a good prayer. Nothing wrong with that prayer. God, help me. They almost make an end of me on earth. It sounds a lot like what Jeremiah went through. But I did not forsake your precepts. I have this highlighted. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. You see, even in the trial, 
We can trust in the word of God. Why? Because God has a perfect plan. God has a perfect plan, even though we might not think so. God has a perfect plan. And that's hard for us to appreciate, but it is fact. Verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. You see, the faithfulness of God, His faithfulness is from everlasting to everlasting. And you and I are here today because of His faithfulness, not because of ours. It's because of His faithfulness. They continue this day according to your ordinances, for all are, for all are your servants. Unless your law had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. So as I mentioned last week, again, if you deal with anxiety or depression, great verses for you to to study, to meditate on, to realize, hey, I'm not alone, but if I just stay focused on the word of God, you will give me life. You will get me through this. I am yours. Save me. For I have sought your precepts. The wicked waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. In the New Living Translation, verse 96 says this, Even perfection has its limits, but your commands have no limits. You see, we strive for perfection, but only God can be perfect. As soon as we build something, get it off the assembly line, it starts to decay. It gets a ding. It starts to wear out. That's just the way it is. People that are so excited about what they got on Black Friday next year are going to be disappointed because there's going to be a new iPhone. There's going to be a bigger TV. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. That's just reality. So what are we putting our trust in? What are we putting our hope in? Are we staying focused on the Lord that he will perfect that which he has started, which is what? Faith. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Everything else, guys, we leave behind us. Everything. We're only taking what we have done for the Lord through faith into heaven. The next letter, 97 through 104. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. The commandments, not necessarily the enemies there. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. You see, in these verses, we'll see what can happen when a person just stays focused on the word of God throughout their lifetime. They gain tremendous wisdom, wisdom that even excels those who have doctorates. For God looks at our earthly wisdom as foolishness. You see, earthly wisdom doesn't necessarily mean that you have the ability to stop making poor choices. Think about that. Let us sink in. It just means you have a better understanding of those poor choices. And that's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. You and me, we have the word of God. As I shared with this brother this past week. 
Are you meditating? Are you memorizing? Are you quoting the word of God? No, I'm not doing any of that. Where's your power coming from? Where's, where's your power coming from? And the poor choices you're making. You're making those poor choices because you're not in the word of God. Just simple. Just, just read your Bible. Every day. Genesis to Revelation. You just, you have a better understanding of your poor choices and you're grieved. You're sorrowful. That's great. But you gotta stop making these poor choices. That's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the word will give the believer power to overcome those poor choices that the enemy places in front of us. The believer via the Holy Spirit will have the ability to restrain the evil that might be present. Verse 100, I understand more than the ancients because your precepts I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. A verse that comes to my mind is in Peter, where Lot, righteous Lot, the Holy Spirit says. (laughs) Do a study in the Bible about Lot. You're like, what? Righteous Lot, his spirit was vexed by what was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. Our hearts should be vexed at what is happening in our society today. We should be grieved that we might stay focused on the Word of God and stay focused in the Word of God. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Your Word says, Jesus said it's going to get worse before it gets better. And when you see these birth pains getting closer and closer together, look up for your redemption draws nigh. That should be sweet to us as believers. But many believers don't even want to hear any of that. Oh, don't tell me any of that. No, 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 no. It's going to get better and better. Every day is going to get better and better and better. We got President Trump. Every day is going to get better and better and better. Good luck on that one. 105. What a great analogy for the believer. The word will never lead us down a path of sin, but rather exposes it so that we might avoid sin. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, I pray, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have, notice that, I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. And as I mentioned last week, for you older saints, there's no such thing as spiritual retirement. You need to be in the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, just as well as the new believer that you might be of a blessing to the new believer, mentoring and encouraging them and strengthening them. The next letter, verses Psalm, uh, Psalm 119-113, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. I think James says something about that, that a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. How do we become stable? By staying focused on the word of God. 
You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, for I keep the commandments of my God. Again, notice who you fellowship with. Be careful who you fellowship with. Uphold me according to your word that I may live, and do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Hold me up and I shall be safe, and I shall observe your statutes continually. You reject all those who stray from your statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. You put away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. Again, you've often heard this, but the analogy of the dross, the heating of the material, whatever it might be, the scum floats to the top, you wipe it off until it becomes pure, the old silversmith analogy. They would heat it, skim, heat it, skim. When you could see your face in the kettle of silver, then it was pure. For you and I, we look into the word of God to become more like Jesus each and every day. So that as we look into the word of God, we take on those godly attributes and God sees us as pure and pure and pure and pure and pure. He sees us as holy and blameable, as word says. But practically, we want to become more pure as each and every day goes by. Verse 121, I have done justice and righteousness. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Be surety for your servant for good. Do not let the proud oppress me. My eyes fail from seeking your salvation and your righteous word. Deal with your servant according to your mercy and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for you to act, O Lord, for you have regarded your law, for they have regarded your law as void. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold, yes, than fine gold. Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right, I hate every false way. Again, very important principle. How will we know if it's a false way if we're not in the truth? You and I, we have to be in the truth so we have something to evaluate the false way against. You don't need to study all the cults and find out what they all believe. You just study your Bible, and as you study your Bible, when the cult comes to your door, it's very obvious what they believe and that it contradicts the Word of God. But you do, and I do, we need to be in our word, in the Word of God on a regular basis so that we have that ability. Uh, what was what? 29, verse 29. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. This is so important, especially in a culture uh, that doesn't want anything to do with the Word of God. You know, it's a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's just a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's a bunch of laws and regulations. And it's just that, you know, God is a cosmic killjoy. Now, for you parents, if you've done any training at all with your children, what would you tell your children? Now, you can do that. You can't do that. Why? Because you want to keep them safe. And that's what the Word of God is for, is to keep us safe. But unfortunately, now our culture has gone to the extreme. I read an article this past week where professors at a college were instructed, the professors at a college were instructed to not use the word do and don't prior to the test. You're going to bring anxiety upon the students. 
and they won't be able to pass the test. It's like, you got an A, get out of my class. I mean, you got an A. This is our society. And then after the service, somebody came up to me and I just cannot believe this. But they said in the military now, the drill instructors, you as an individual, you have a card on you. Okay, I'm, I'm in the military. I'm in boot camp. I'm in basic training. They give me a card. And if the drill instructor is being too hard on you, you get to pull out your card. I'm going, you're not serious. I go, you're not serious. You're not telling me the truth. He goes, this is the truth now in boot camp. You get to put, now I don't know if that's Marines, Army, Navy, I don't know where it is, but it's like, you gotta be kidding me. We need do's and don'ts to keep us in the straight and narrow path. I opened my mouth and panted for I longed for your commandments. Look upon me and be merciful to me as your custom is towards those who love your name. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. I have that highlighted. We're all going to sin. But dominion is control, becoming a slave to a sin, whether that's gossip, whatever it might involve, whatever, you know, we always think of the big ones, fornication. It could also be the internet as far as, you know, my face and Facebook. It could be that weird stuff. Stay focused. Stay focused and have, let no iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. This sounds like Jeremiah right here. Rivers of water run down from my eyes because men do not keep your law. You see, the psalmist had such a desire for the word of God that he wept over those who didn't. Why? Because he had first-hand experience in the midst of his sorrows of how wonderful God was to him. The next letter, Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. Your testimonies which you have commanded are righteous and very faithful. My zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten your words. Your word is very pure. Therefore, your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and your law is truth. Trouble and anguish have overtaken me, yet your commandments are my delights. Notice that when you get into those times of struggles. Trouble and anguish have overtaken me, yet your commandments, there's a principle, your commandments are my delights. The righteousness of your testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. You see, even though this man viewed himself as insignificant, he knew that God's word was adequate. Even in the midst of sorrows, principle, he clung to the word. 145. I cry out with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. I cry out to you, save me, and I will keep your testimonies. I arise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help. I hope in your word. My eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. O Lord, revive me according to your justice. They draw near who follow after wickedness. They are far from your law. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. 
concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. Notice, it's a, he's a man of prayer and a man who knew from his youth that the word of God was the most important thing. Verse 153, Consider my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me according to your word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. So we shouldn't be surprised the way the world's going. We shouldn't be surprised at all. Great are your tender mercies, O Lord. Revive me according to your judgments. Many are my persecutors and my enemies. Yet, I do not turn from your testimonies. I see the treacherous and am disgusted because they do not keep your word. Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. The entirety, and I have this highlighted, the entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endure forever. You see, over and over again, the psalmist gives us the picture of how he remained focused on the word of God, even in the midst of trouble. Why? Because all scripture is inspired by God. The princess has persecuted me without a cause, verse 61. But my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgment. Great peace have those who love your law. Again, a very important principle here. And nothing causes them to stumble. Lord, I hope for your salvation and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies and I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies for all my ways are before you. You see, spending time in the word will make one rich, but it does take time. And I know this is very, very hard. If I made mention on a Sunday morning, say during the morning announcements, that somewhere on this property there was a bag of coins that were worth one million dollars, how many of us would be out looking for them right after the service? And how many of us would be paying attention to the word during the rest of the service? But when we read day after day, we find ourselves digging deeper and deeper into the word for the eternal riches of this life. And guys, that's my exhortation to you week after week after week. Dig into the word of God. Make it your source of strength. For the things of this earth are rapidly fading away. Verse 169, as the music team comes up. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Young people, give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. Every saint in this room, deliver me according to your word. My lips shall utter praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. 
Let your hand become my help. Not the government. Let your hand become my help. For I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord. And your law is my delight. Let my soul live and it shall praise you. And let your judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Praise and prayer, because all we like sheep have gone astray. But the Holy Spirit never gives up pursuing his kids. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. What I really get as an overriding factor of 119, this man loves the word, this man loves God. But he also has a heart of thanks. He also has a heart of thanks and of praise, of adoration. This past weekend, I mean, I don't know about you, but turkey, 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 turkey. We're going to have turkey for the next two or three days because it has to be eaten or it's going to go bad. Stuffing, potatoes, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes. What else did you guys have? Cranberries, buns, pies. Our grandson this morning, he was eating his bowl of cereal. And he said, we need more juice. As I was standing at the counter. And I looked at him and said, what would you say? We need more juice. These four. Hmm. Okay, here's a lesson right now. You don't need juice. You are blessed with what you have. Do you have water in front of you right now? Yes. Do you know how many children on the face of this earth would love a clean glass of water? What you really should say is, Papa, next time you're at the store, could you buy some more juice? And maybe we will, maybe we won't. But you need to be thankful for what you have. And he's forced. He's kind of looking at me like, you're weird. But you've got to teach these principles when you have those moments, right? And it's sunk in. I, got, I, I could tell it's sunk in. And so, guys, we, we're all so blessed. Don't get caught up in all the entrapments of the next 30 days. But rather, get caught up in Jesus. And how can we bless somebody over the next 30 days? Because why? Jesus is the reason for the season. Right? Happy holidays, right? I heard it. I heard it. I, I didn't. I, I saved so much money this past weekend. I saved a ton of money because I just went to Home Depot and bought what I needed for the project I was doing. It was amazing. But as I was leaving, happy holidays, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Let's stand, Father. We thank you and praise you. Help us even in our busyness of projects and and buying and shopping. And there's nothing wrong with gifts, Lord. We want to show our love to one another. But Lord, help us to keep it in balance. And for those who are ministering to even our children or grandchildren, help us to help them see the bigger picture. That's not all about what we're going to get. But how can we give someone something else? And Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit for the greatest gift is salvation. As we go out into our mission field this week, our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our schools, our families, 
Help us to be available. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we might be available to minister to someone else this week. And Lord, if it's your if it's your will, we would love to pray with someone to receive Jesus. Help us to make that time in our schedule for your glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a blessed week. If you need prayer, please come up. We'd love to pray for you. God bless you guys. Messiah